Welcome to Tachlis Talks and the next increment in our Shalom Bayus Booster Series. Whether you are currently in a meaningful relationship or aspiring to get into one, I hope you have been finding our Shalom Bayus Boosters of Benefit. As always, questions, comments, concerns, criticisms, please send to tachliscoaching at gmail.com, T-A-C-H-L-I-S coaching at gmail. And... I'll be happy to try to incorporate them into upcoming podcasts. This, of course, is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with Tachlis Talks, and a recent questioner, a recent follower, asked, how do I know when I need to give in? And the basic short answer to that is always. But let's um, preface this. I've been looking at a book called Secrets of the Soul, actually Volume 1 of Secrets of the Soul, Conversations with Rav Shlomo Hoffman. To get a sense who this Rav Hoffman was, listening to the following words uh, by Rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky, Rabbi Kamenetsky, Shlita, he shall live and be well, of the senior most leading Torah sages of the generation. And he writes, With rare expertise, Rav Shlomo, Zechorna Levracha, of blessed memory, became a wellspring that flowed with abundant waters of counsel from which all men of wisdom could draw. Many benefited from his sound advice, and he was a trusty, trusty source for the foundations of life built upon the roots of the Holy Torah and his teachers. Fascinating individual. And in his book, he describes the last encounter he had with a man that he deemed his primary mentor, Rabbi Isaac Scherer, era of Yom Kippur, 1952. Talking the day before Yom Kippur, and this... Then, younger Rav Shlomo uh, was living in Batyam with two children, and I'm going to basically read, I asked my wife's permission to spend Yom Kippur in the Slobodka Yeshiva in Bnei Brak. And of course she agreed. Now, anybody out there who spent a Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur in a Yeshiva knows how nothing else compares. And to be in an intense, large, rather uh, highly developed Yeshiva like the Slobodka Yeshiva in Bnei Brak, it's almost unimaginable to be in a quote-unquote standard synagogue when you have that as an option. And his wife fully realized that, apparently, and she agreed. I arrived at the yeshiva at 10 o'clock in the morning, this is the day before Yom Kippur, and went straight to Rav Isaac's room. I came to ask the Rosh Hashiva's forgiveness, I said. Forgiveness for what, he asked. I don't remember you ever having offended me. I don't believe you would have dared to offend me. So why ask my forgiveness? Go ask your wife's forgiveness instead. I already did, I said. Go ask her forgiveness for leaving her alone on Yom Kippur and coming to Davin in the yeshiva. Who says she agrees? But I asked her permission, and she agreed. Why do I have to ask her forgiveness? Of course she agreed to let you come to the yeshiva when you asked her like that. What good wife would not? But does that really mean she wants you to leave her at home in Yom Kippur alone with the children? If you want to really ask her permission, this is how you should do it. Give her another option that you'll consider davening Vasikin, the early, early morning service, so you can finish early and come home to watch the children while she goes to pray. If she hears that option and still tells you she'd prefer that you go to the yeshiva instead, that is called asking permission. Rabbi Isaac then forbade me to daven in the yeshiva unless I returned home, which basically he did, asked his wife, she did send him back, and he was able to daven in the yeshiva. But the sense that I can't claim all is okay because 
I asked, and she responded, without clarifying that I asked the right question and I properly interpreted her response, is a really big deal. Uh, if I say, hey, honey, you don't mind if I uh, go out for a few hours with the guys uh, after dinner tonight? Uh, like, you don't mind, you know, especially since I let you do A, B, and C with your friends last week, right? Is that asking or is that manipulating? Or on the other side of the equation, like, honey, I just want to do a little touching up of the house. You know, we've had, we've had that couch for already a year, and I'd like to get rid of it and get something a little more comfortable, something that, for you, something that, like, a color you'd more appreciate. That's okay with you, isn't it? It's okay if I spend a little bit here and there to doctor up. Again, there is a question that's really a question. There's a question that's a tool to elicit the answer that we're trying to get. That latter approach is not the way we're supposed to be operating. And what this work, this uh, Secrets of His Soul, is telling over that he had gleaned from his teacher was understand that even for something very significant, something important, boosting your own kipper, uh, davening in the yeshiva is of such a qualitative difference, and it affects the whole family, but ultimately, have you determined that this is something she's comfortable with, or are you somewhat, potentially, manipulating the answer, or asking in a way that will basically have her stuck rather than really sharing what she wants. But he took it further than that. Are you even giving her a super option for her sake and knowing that what you're asking is beating out that other option? Now, where does he get this from? Where do we get this idea that we've got to bend over backwards and try to make sure that we are always in sync with our spouse and that we are always doing something that has them in mind rather than what works for me in the moment. So that could be related to another lesson that the same work quotes from the same rabbi, this Rabbi Isaac Sher, when then a young Rabbi Hoffman, as a fairly newly married, approached his teacher, this Rabbi Isaac Sher, Rabbi Sher said to him, welcome to the yeshiva, welcome to the academy of the Ahavta Kamocha, of love your neighbor like yourself. That's a mitzvah that applies to all of us all the time. But marriage creates the environment where we are constantly dealing with this opportunity, this mitzvah opportunity, to be attentive to the other, mindful of the other, sensitive to the other. And much as we've got our wants, our desires, our needs, but the goal in life isn't to see to it that we've maxed out how much we get out of a relationship. The goal is to max out how much we give to the relationship. Ahava, as we talked about, I think, in Shalom Bayes Booster number one, perhaps. Ahava is rooted in the term have of giving. We generate love by giving. We have a mitzvah to be loving, which means a mitzvah to be giving. And... It could be in material giving, it could be in time and attention and emotion, but that's our task. And one potential way to motivate ourselves to grow in this regard, to be more excellent in this regard, to take this as a tachless message, take it to heart and make it effective, we imagine that we know we're being monitored. We've been accepted to some elite academy of Ahavtol Recha Kamocha, the Academy of Advanced of Advanced Loving Kindness, of Advanced Giving. And we know that particularly when we're at home is when we are being evaluated. And of course, again, 
we have all the things we do for community, for the other, but the real evaluation is in the home. And by the way, this is the truth. In more Kabbalistic works, they describe that the person's judgment on all matters of chesed, of giving and kindness, the home is the starting point of that. And if the home is not excellent, the rest is basically dismissed. So how often should I yield? Well, how often do you want to get credit? How often do you want to be seen as the giver rather than the taker? How often do you want to be seen as focused on the other rather than yourself? And this is the academy. This is where you're being measured in terms of your success in that realm of loving the other, being there for the other. So certainly, when it comes to wanting something for myself, how cautious I need to be to not be manipulative in causing the other to have to yield to give it to me. That's not being a giving person. And in the other extreme, of course, when I'm being asked to give up of myself, well, if I can, then simply said, I should. Let's try to take these messages to heart. Always appreciate your comments, feedback. Tell me about your successes. Tell me what would help with others uh, potentially attend successes. Share your thoughts, tachlesscoaching at gmail.com. And again, questions, topics you'd like to see us address in future weeks. Let's be shalom-focused, have relationships that thrive due to that shalom. We will personally thrive due to that shalom and be all the more likely to achieve our tachlis.